Today we have an incredible treat of having a guest speaker with us today. Evangelist Fred Felton uh, takes the ministry of Jesus Christ and the word around the globe as an evangelist. So church family, would you put your hands together and make Fred Felton feel warmly welcomed as he comes to bring the word this morning. Amen. Amen. Can we put our hands together for the Lord? Come on. All right, now that would be really good if that was for me. But I think we can do a little better for the Lord. Now hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm going to let the horses loose in a minute. Now, on a count of three, if you love the Lord, I'm going to ask you to give God a big hand of praise. On a count of three, if the Lord has been really, 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 how much time you got? Really, really, really good to you. On the count of three, I'm going to let you express your gratitude towards him. Finally, if you are glad just to be saved and on your way to heaven, I want you to celebrate the Lord. One, are you ready? Two, three, come on. Glory. See the amen. I'm glad that my wife is here, honey. Stand up and look how the Lord has blessed me. Amen. Amen. Please make sure you tell her thank you for coming because when she comes, I preach shorter. Come on, somebody. So tell her thank you. Please come every time. Please come every time he preaches. Also, my seven-year-old, he's in wherever the children's are eating up all the crackers. Come on, somebody. Amen. So uh, I, may, I may get a little number up there to, 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 to come get them. But we are glad to be here. Uh, uh, like I've been telling the services, I feel at home. I'm like Uncle Fred, the uncle your mama ain't tell you about. Come on, somebody. So we're glad to be here. We, we love uh, this great church that's not only bringing hope to America, but bringing hope to nations around the world. We love hanging out with your wonderful pastors, Pastor Scott and Pastor Peter and their wonderful wives, and they've been doing this for almost 30 years, this part of the vineyard. Can we thank God for them? Come on, can we celebrate Pastor Scott, Pastor Peter and their wonderful wives for their faithful service? Many of you don't know, I used to play professional baseball in the Phillies organization, and then God called me to the ministry. Um, it's funny because I went from the potential, literally the potential of making millions to now living off love offerings. Come on, somebody. And I think God has a weird sense of humor, praise the Lord. And the just shall live by faith. And I have been an evangelist with the Assemblies of God for uh, over 23 years, and he has been so kind uh, to us in, in allowing us to be a blessing not only to cities and leaders and pastors across America, but also pastors and leaders in different nations around the world, throughout Africa, India, the Philippines, South America, the Caribbean. And we just believe God blesses us to be a blessing. Do you believe that too? Do you believe that too? 
So just continue to be in prayer for our ministry, Impact Ministries, that God would continue uh, to help us be a vessel of blessing. But I'm ready for God's word. How about you? Okay, I heard about three people here, two people in the back. I'm ready for God's word. How about you? Amen. Well, let me see me. Get it right now. If you have your Bibles, your tablets, your iPads, your smartphones, your Dead Sea Scrolls, come on, somebody. Look with me at Matthew chapter 17. And if you're able to, let's all stand for the reading of God's Word. If you're able to, uh, let's all stand. I promise you there's somebody uh, in the world who wish they had legs that work, that wish they could stand. So just for the acknowledgement of God's word that we honor, not only him, but also his word. Let's just honor his word as we read it. Look with me at Matthew chapter 17, beginning at verse 1 in the Bible says, And six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and brought them up to a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his garments became as white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. And Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three tabernacles here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, in verse 5, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were much afraid. And Jesus came to them and touched them. And said, Arise, and do not be afraid. And lifting up their eyes, they saw no one except James, excuse me, except Jesus himself alone. And as they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus commanded them, saying, Tell the vision to no one until the Son of Man has risen from the dead. Before you sit down, I want to give you the title, then we're going to pray. But the title of the message this morning is simply, I'm going higher. Can you do me a favor? Can you just tell three people close to you, I'm going higher? Go ahead and tell them. Go ahead and tell them. I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm going higher. I don't know what you came for, but I'm going higher. Father, we, we, we thank you for today. Lord, you did something great Saturday night. You did something great first service. We pray that you would do it again. Father, I pray that you would do something so amazing that when we leave this place, we will still be talking about what you have done in our lives. You see exactly where we are on this journey called life. You see exactly what we are dealing with. And there are some people that need a word from the Lord. So I pray, Lord, that though we've come in one way, we would leave differently because we've encountered your presence. 
move in this place. Do something unusual. Shock us by your goodness. And we promise to give you all the glory, honor, and praise. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. If you love the Lord, somebody say amen. amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Um, when people hear the word church, different things will come to people's minds. I know for me, I, when, when I think about church, uh, when I was coming up, uh, 100% of those that went to church were black. Come on, somebody. And, and church was like started at 8 a.m. And we didn't get out of there till 4 p.m. Come on, somebody. And the songs are, won't he do it, hey, won't he do it, hey, won't he do it, won't he do it, won't he do it. After an hour, won't he do it, won't he do it. And I would say, Lord, will you hurry up and do it? Please hurry up. Football game coming on. And then we went to and joined an all-white church. We were the first black family to be a part of this church. We were like the Jackie Robinsons of that church. I mean, it seemed like to me in comparison, their churches started around 8 a.m. We got out of there about 8.20. Come on, somebody. You went to the bathroom, you missed church. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 8.20, we're out of there. But some people, when they think about church, they, they, they think of a, 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 a cross that is in the building or, or they think about stained glass windows. Others, they, 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 they look at church as a place where, where grandmama took them or, 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 or a place where you had a mama and a daddy like me that said, as long as you live up in this house, you going to church. Come on, somebody. Or maybe we have some of those when they, when they, when they, when they think of church, they think of a place that they dreaded to go to. But please understand in this context for today, when I am talking about the church, I am not talking about a building, but I am talking about a people. Seventy Jewish scholars, 70 Jewish scholars came together to translate the Hebrew Bible into Greek, producing what is called the Septuagint. And in the Septuagint, a church is any assembly of God's people that gathers for business. The word church appears 115 times in the New Testament. In the Greek, church is 
ecclesia, which means called out or the called out ones. Now we see this type of ecclesia both in the Old Testament as well as in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, we see it in Exodus chapter 12, verses 50 through 51, when God called the people of God out of bondage, called them out of slavery, called them out of Egypt. We also see this type of ecclesia in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, where it says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Somebody should be smiling right now. A peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Can I tell you when I hear this scripture, it makes me smile. It makes my bald spot tingle just to know that God in his sovereignty chose me. Can I remind some of you that God of the universe, that that God, he chose you. When you understand that you are chosen by God, you don't need nobody else's opinion. When you understand that you are chosen by God, it should put a smile on your face. You should roll your shoulders back. You are not a second-class citizen, but you should understand that God has chosen me. Now watch this. Now you see, some of you need to pump your brakes a little bit. Some of you really think you're doing God a favor because he has me. But let me be honest here. You are not the sharpest knife in the drawer. You were, you, we, we, we were not the smartest. We, we were not the most gifted or the, or the most talented. We were not the fastest. Come on, somebody. We weren't even the best looking. But can you just know and appreciate that God chose you? When we were hurting, God chose us. When we were broken, God chose us. When we were going to the bars, God chose us. When we were in moral, when we were nasty, when we were freaky, when we were dirty, when we were drinking, when we were religious, when we were arrogant, when we were prideful, when we've been abandoned, when we've been abused, God said, I look past your faults and I see your needs and I say, I choose you. Can we clap our hands and thank God. Come on, Sarasota. Thank God for choosing us. God chose us to be a part of what is called the church. We are part of something universal, something global, 
Something worldwide. I'm talking about the church. You are part of something big, huge, something great, something awesome, something wonderful, something magnificent. I'm talking about the church. Now, the church um, is like a hospital. It's like a hospital for sick people to come so they can get well. Ask your neighbor, how you feeling today? Don't wait for an answer. They'll tell you. Come on, somebody. But, 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 but the church is also like boot camp. It's like boot camp where we are raising up some warriors and not wimps. Well, we are raising up some soldiers and not sissy. Well, we are raising up an army of God, of people that have a backbone, that got conviction, that got some boldness, that will draw a line in the sand and will say, for God, I will live, and for God, I will die. Come on, somebody. Like an army that goes to the enemy and does not run from the enemy, like an army that under under understands protocol, how to submit to authority, how to use the weapons of our warfare to defeat the enemy and his whips. I'm talking about the church. The church is also like a mental ward. Somebody say a mental ward. Some of y'all looked at your neighbor when you said that. Come on, somebody. I wasn't nice. I didn't say Simon says or nothing. Amen. You got to go back to the beginning. It's like a mental ward because let's be honest. Life happens. Life happens. And when life happens for some of us, it affects us psychologically. It affects us emotionally and how we continue to live our lives. So thank God for a church. That when life has happened to you, you can step into the church, knowing that that church is going to help you get your smile back, help you get your dreams back, help you get your joy back, get your fire back, get your dance back. The church is going to help you believe again, help you trust again, help you lift your head up again. I'm talking about the church. I don't know about you, but I thank God for the church. Thank you for those 15 amens. I thank God for the church. Amen. Can I, can I get about 20 people that will smile? Amen. Just raise your hand. One, two, three. Thank you, honey. Four, five. Come on, y'all. Give me some. Okay. Okay. Amen. Some of y'all look like. You're at the dentist office, and you're next in line for a root canal. Come on, somebody. Lean over and tell your neighbor it's okay to smile. 
I thank God for the church. I mean, come on, if we could be honest, where would we be if it wasn't for the church? Some of us would still be on the wrong road, headed for destruction. Some of us would still be on the wrong path. Some of us still would be lost. Some of us still would be in darkness. Some of us still would be in toxic relationship with toxic people. But I thank God for the church. I know people talk about the church. People laugh at the church. People ignore the church. People act like they don't need the church. They ridicule the church. And we even have people that have been hurt by the church. But I thank God for the church. And I know I got some people up in here, up in here that feel like I do. And you thank God for the church. You got saved in the church. You got healed in the church. You got delivered in the church. You got baptized in the Holy Ghost in the church. You answered the call of God in the church. You married that beautiful woman with your ugly self in the church. If you thank God for the church, clap your hands and say the church. Say the church. Say the church. I thank God for the church. I mean, really, why would anybody want to be a part of a sorority, a fraternity of the Masons? when you can be a part of the church. Why would anybody want to be a part of the Eastern Stars, a gang, or even the Lodge, when you can be a part of the church? You see, you are a part of God's building, the body of Christ, the assembly of the upright. You are a part of the flock of God, the, the, the bride of Christ, the city of the living God. You see, the church is powerful. Somebody say powerful. No, no, I'm going to try to say it in Spanish. Poder de su. Poder, hold on. Poder do, poder do so. Poder do so. Poder do so. Poder do so. The church is poder also. I'm getting hungry for some rice and beans. Come on, somebody. Santo, 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 Santo. Come on, somebody. Put it also. The church is powerful. I'm reminded of a story. Whoa, you got me? <laughs> All right. I'm glad you said, mm -mm, I ain't got you. I'm reminded of a story about a little boy and his family that went to the Siesta Keys. Come on, somebody. And, 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 and he went to the Siesta Keys on Friday. He rushed down to the beach, and he built a beautiful sandcastle. What kind of sandcastle was it? There you go. See, 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 this is my accelerated class here. Y'all need to catch up. Built a beautiful sandcastle. It was beautiful, but here comes this bully with flip-flops, shorts, and a tank top. He walks over to that sand and kicks it down. 
The boy goes home sad. He wakes up on Saturday. He goes back down to the beach. And he builds a beautiful sandcastle. What kind of sandcastle was it? Yeah, 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 yeah. A beautiful, oh, it, was good. it was better than the one on Friday. But here comes that bully. Flip-flops, shorts, tank top. He walks over to it, boom, and laughs in that boy's face. This time the boy, ah, the boy goes home. <laughs> ah, he's crying. That daddy rushes down the stairs and says, boy, what's wrong with you? Daddy, I went down to the beach and built a Oh, have you guys heard this story before? Amen. Built a beautiful sandcastle. And this bully comes and kicks it down. The father says, wipe your tears. I'm going to tell you what you need to do. Go back to that same beach. Find you a big brick. And put some sand over the brick. And as daddy said, you go build you a beautiful sandcastle. So, the son did what his father told him to do. He go back to the same beach, finds a nice brick, puts sand over it as his father instructed him to do, and builds him a beautiful sandcastle. Oh, here comes that bully. You remember that bully. Come on, this is a smart class. You remember that bully. He had on some. He was wearing some. He was wearing a tank top. So he walks over to that beautiful sandcastle. He begins laughing and he thinks, I'm going to do what I've always done. And he kicks out could be heard all the way up to Tampa. He kicks that brick, but this time the sandcastle didn't break, but it broke his foot. He tried to kick it, but guess what? The sandcastle is still standing. All I'm trying to say, my brothers and my sisters, that the church is powerful. Remember what the Bible tells us? In Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, upon this rock, I will build my church. Y'all should be getting a little happy. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. What is this telling us? That nothing, nothing, nothing shall defeat the church. Nothing, nothing, nothing shall stop the church. Not Hitler not Idi Amin, not slavery, not apartheid, not the trail of tears, not genocide, not the holocaust, not scandals, hurricanes, earthquakes, tornadoes, nothing shall defeat the church, not injustice, not Jim Crow laws, not racism, not lynching. I just want you to know that nothing shall 
shall defeat the church after all the devil is doing, after all that is going on around the world and even in this nation. Can this black preacher who is 6'3", 200, and none of your business... Can I encourage you today? Can I encourage you today? And I want to let you know that the church is still standing. If you are a part of the church, let me encourage you today. Because you are a part of the church, you are still standing. Think about all the hell you went through. Think about the bad news you received. Think about the doctor's report. You can lift your head, clear your throat, and say, I'm still standing. I'm still standing. It was hard, but I'm still standing. It was difficult, but I'm still standing. The darkest period of my life, but I'm still standing. After the sickness, after the divorce, experience bearing someone, but as for me and my house, we are still standing. Clap your hands and say amen. I'm standing. I'm standing. I'm standing through it all. I'm standing through the tears. I'm standing through the pain. If your mind is made up, I'm going to keep standing. Stand up on your feet. Clap your hands and say I'm standing. Say, I'm standing. Amen. Please be seated. We're making religious people nervous. I want you to be a vessel of encouragement right now. High five your neighbor and say, keep standing. Please understand, my brothers and my sisters, for the next 10 minutes, and I'll be done. We see Jesus taking three of his 12 disciples, Peter, James, and John, on top of the mountain. This lets me know that they left the other nine at the bottom. You see, beloved, when Jesus is calling you to go higher, to go higher in your consecration, to go higher in your commitment, to go higher in your devotion, in your sanctification, you got to understand, watch this, everybody won't go with you. Some of you here have to stop wasting your time with people who are stuck. People who don't want more of God. People who are complacent. People who have become comfortable. You see, when God is calling you, he's calling you. And I don't know about you, but I'm at the place in my life where I'm ready to go higher. 
High five your neighbor and say, I'm going higher. This is what we need, my brothers and my sisters. When we look at the news, when we read the newspaper, when we read tweets, when we observe what is going on in our nation and even in our city, I believe the world is calling for God's people to go higher. I believe our nation is crying out for God's people to go higher. We need more people to go higher in the things of God. We need men. We need women that will go higher. We need students and young adults to go higher. We need to go higher. Status quo won't do it anymore for some of you here and some on your row. You go ahead and you be worried about new shoes. You be worried about getting the latest phone. You be concerned about how many followers you got on IG. You go ahead and be sad because you only got two likes on your Facebook post. And you was one of them. Come on, somebody. I was setting y'all up for that. You, you, you go ahead and be worried about who left you, and who fired you, who let you go. You stay mad. Stay upset. Leave the church. Why are you leaving the church? Well, because at the church picnic, nobody ate my potato salad. Maybe because your potato salad was nasty. Come on, somebody. I mean, come on. If your dog won't eat it, if the cockroaches won't eat it, if your husband won't eat it, why don't you think we should eat it? The only ones who are not laughing because they have nasty potato salad. Amen. I really believe I've come all the way. I'm still dealing with jet lag. I've come all the way from Tampa, Florida. Come on, somebody. I set y'all up. I've come all the way from Tampa, Florida on assignment. On assignment to find somebody in this great church who will say, I'm ready to go higher. God has some people here this morning. God has some people watching online. And they're saying, I'm ready to go higher. They're saying, I've wasted too many years. They're saying, I'm not getting any younger. They're saying, I've talked about it long enough. They're saying, I've watched others do what I too should be doing. I've squandered too much money. I've missed too many opportunities. I'm ready to go higher. I've been paralyzed with trivial stuff for too long. I've pursued things all my life that has no significance. I'm tired of wasting my time with people who are going nowhere. Please write this down. There must be a season of separation before there's a season of elevation. There must be a season of separation before there's a season of elevation. What's the challenge for you and I? That we got to be willing to say bye to some people. Thank you for that one amen. We got to be willing to say adios.
from some people. We got to be willing to say, peace, deuces, I'm out of here. Why? For some of us, our greatest deliverance isn't drugs, not alcohol, not prescription drugs, not meth, not pornography. Many of us, our greatest challenge is people. What's holding you back is not the devil. What's holding you back is not where you were born. What's holding you back is not the president. What's holding you back up is not because your mama took away your pacifier when you were 12 years old. Come on, somebody. Grow up, you big baby. But for some of us, if we could be honest, what's holding us back is people. You see, you got to be willing to separate yourself from people who are satisfied with where they are. People who don't want more of God. People who act like they have arrived. Separate yourself from religious people, from prejudiced people, from racist people. Separate yourself from people who are full of themselves. You know, people who think they know it all. Separate yourself from people who are satisfied with enough, who are okay with being mediocre. Separate yourself. You see, those at the bottom, those at the bottom complain the most. Those at the bottom murmur the most, cause the most trouble, eat the most, and pay the least. Those at the bottom need the most attention, are the most needy, are the most unstable and inconsistent. It's hard to eat a good piece of steak on a loose tooth. Come on, somebody. Those at the bottom make the most excuses. Those at the bottom never respond to an altar call. Those at the bottom never get involved in church. Those at the bottom come to church late and they leave early. Those at the bottom have the wrong mindset. What can the church do for me instead of saying, what can I do for the church? Revelation chapter 4, verse 1 says this, as I close. After these things, I looked, and behold, a door standing open. Not in the earth, not on the ground, but a door standing open in heaven. The first voice which I heard like the sound of a trumpet speaking with me, said, come up here. Come up here and I will show you what must take place after these things. My brothers and my sisters, as we all stand to our feet, please stand to your feet. God is always calling a nation to come higher. He's always calling the people. He's always calling his church to come higher. He's always calling men, marriages, wives, husbands to come higher.
He's calling, he's calling young people on their school campuses across America. Don't blend in. Come higher. But the question is, what are you going to do when God is calling you? We know that Moses had to go higher. Can you help me please? Thank you. Moses had to go higher. Thank you so much. And it was Mount Sinai. Elijah had to go higher. And it was Mount Carmel. Please don't miss this. Abraham had to go higher. It was Mount Moriah. In Acts chapter 2, before Pentecost, before heaven filled that place, 120 or so people had to go higher to what is called the upper room. And Jesus is calling us to go higher. How many of you want to see me go higher? You are so mean. It's easy for you to say. But now, in our generation, for such a time as this, he's calling you to go higher. Peter, James, and John saw the glory of God. They saw Jesus transfigured before their very eyes. And they saw Elijah and Moses. All because they said yes. All because they were willing to be called out of the crowd, to be called out of the majority, and to go higher with Jesus. You see, beloved, there's some things that God wants to do in your life, but he won't do them down there. There's some breakthroughs he wants to release in your life. He won't do them down there. There's some doors he wants to open up. He won't do it down there. There's some things he wants you to see. There's some places he wants you to go, but he won't do it down there. The question is, are you willing? to go higher. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. In a moment, not now. But this black preacher who's 6'3", 200 and none of your business, it still ain't none of your business. I'm going to ask you to make a decision. That is to respond to the call to go higher. You see, some of you are complacent. You know who you are. Some of you, some of you have grown comfortable. Some of you are critical. Some of you only come to get your wife off your back. Some of you only come because your mom and daddy make you, but your man wants I lead a house. Some of you have become religious. Some of you are going through the motion. 
You're not reading your Bible. You're not praying. You don't invite people to church. You need to go higher. For some of you, your praise is pathetic. We put the words for you on the big screen, and some of you still won't open your big mouth. And for some of you, your worship is weak. Some of you are arrogant and that you compare yourself to others. And because you look down at others in the church, you think you're okay. Bow your heads, please. This altar calls for that brother. This altar call is for that sister. This altar call is for that college student, that, that high school student, that, that young adult. This altar call is for those who would say, Lord, I'm ready to go higher. Come on, sir, you know who you are. Come on, ma'am, you know who you are. <laughs> you sense the Lord speaking to you right now. Come on, let's be like Peter, James, and John, and let's go with God. On the count of three, if you want to go higher, you need, you know, you need, you know, you know you need to go higher. On the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. If that is you, one, I need to go higher. Two, I'm tired of being where I'm at. Three, if that's you, raise your hand. On the count of three. If you're willing to separate yourself from your pew, on the count of three, if you're ready to separate yourself from those possibly you came with, you may come forward and they may stay at the bottom. On the count of three, without any hesitation, from the front to the back, I want you to come and press this altar. One, if you're coming already. Two, Three, come right now, come right now. Come on, if you raise your hand and you mean business. Come on, press the altar. Come on, come on, I want to go higher. Come on, Peter, James, and John climbed the mountain. I'm just asking you to take about 50 steps. There's got to be a generation that would say I'm ready to go higher. There's got to be some believers in America that would say, I'm ready to go higher. Because God moves through his church. He works through his church. He releases his power through his church. So it's through you and I. So in a moment, we're going to sing a song. We're going to worship God. And then I will pray for you. But open your mouth and join. As you open your heart, as you open your mouth, join us in worship. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Let's worship him. That's it. Come on. That's it. Come on, sir. Open your mouth. That's it. That's it. Come on, ma'am. That's it. Jesus, have your way. 
Come on, young people, that's it. You can open your heart to the Lord. You can trust him. That's it. We're going higher. higher church come on let's go higher come on no more playing it safe use my life Lord use my life Lord My life counts. Come on, from the rooftop. Hallelujah. your hands. As the music plays, begin to worship. As the music plays, come on, worship. This is a sacred moment. Hear me, Sarasota and surrounding areas. Hear me, Hope. This is a sacred moment. Heaven and earth is witnessing this right now. You have just made a declaration you will no longer blend in, but you're ready to go higher. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you would touch and transform your people, that we would never be the same again. Our worship would never be the same. Our praise would never be the same. Our marriage would never be the same. Our house would never be the same. Lord, we choose to go higher. We say yes to going higher. So, Father, I pray by the Holy Ghost, I pray by the Holy Spirit that you would reveal areas in our lives, reveal areas in our lives where we need to go higher. Right now, Holy Spirit, show us where we need to go higher. Show us where we become comfortable. Show us where we become proud and arrogant. Show us where we become religious. Show us where we become critical. Reveal to us where you want us to go higher. And we say thank you for this moment you've given us on a Sunday morning in Sarasota, Florida. We will never be the same again because of what you've done in this house but also because of what you have done 
in our lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. If you're going higher, say amen. Say amen. One more time, say amen. Hallelujah. 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 Whoa. Amen. God bless you. Let your appreciation to Pastor Fred. He has called us to be his people, to come up higher. And uh, some folks at the altar, you may just uh, want to spend some time. So our prayer ministers are going to stay around the altar. And if you just want to have a time of commitment to the Lord, we, we do that here. The worship team is going to lead us. And I'm going to ask our communion ministers to come. If you just want to seal the deal, it's uh, communion stations on the right and the left. And, and just if you want to connect with heaven in your heart, just going to take a few minutes as we wrap up the rest of the day. So thankful that God is meeting with us right here in this place. If you're a guest with us, thank you so much for being here. I invite you to stop back by the VIP room. We have some more gifts for you. And I know this, Pastor Scott would say, come back next week, let me have a shot. You know that's what he would say, and he'll be back with us. Uh, he's preaching in Jacksonville today. But uh, let me just pray a final prayer of uh, blessing on you and then if you want to stay and pray if you want to have communion or you just want to worship we're just going to ask the lord lord i i just invite you to send down the rain of the holy spirit to our hearts so that we cannot contain it i pray that you would overflow our lives and our hearts that as we climb higher and higher with you our focus would be clearer. Our calling would be deeper. Our commitment would be stronger. And our lives would demonstrate your glory and your grace. Pray that as we pray around these altars, as we commune with you, that you'd bless the cup and the bread, Lord Jesus. As we pick up the the bags, the invitational bags in the lobby, and we give out invitations to people to come and to celebrate anew this Easter. I pray, Lord Jesus, your blessing and your anointing would be rich upon us here in the house and as we go from the house. Pray that blessing in Jesus' glorious name. God's children said together, amen. You can stay and pray, have communion. Let's celebrate Jesus.